Welcome to Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Jesse and Lance are talking Tigers with the voice of the Tigers, Gino DiPaoli. Oh my goodness! Tiger players, coaches, and WHL insiders across the league. Tigers Uncaged. Starts now. Tigers Uncaged. What's going on, Tiger fans? Welcome to Tigers Uncaged, powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. My name is Lance. I typically sit on the other side and wait for Jesse to do the intro. I do the color commentary with Gino DePali for the home games of the Medicine Hat Tigers. And uh, my esteemed co-host, as mentioned, Jesse, who's the in-game host of the Medicine Hat Tigers, not here this week. Reason being, and I can share the news because he uh, gave me the go-ahead. Some people might be wondering. But uh, Jesse welcomed his third child into the world this past week, which is very exciting. Mama and baby both happy and healthy and doing well. So uh, we've already nicknamed her the trilogy, the third child, (laughs) known as the trilogy now. But uh, thanks for checking out another episode of Tigers Uncaged. Really, really appreciate you. It's... uh, Myself and Gino in the next segment, Voice of the Tigers, kind of breaking down what's gone on this past week, right? And it's been interesting. It's been colorful. It hasn't lacked drama, to say the least. We're getting to that point in the year where the dramatics kind of inherently pick up on themselves, right? For lack of a better way of putting it. The games mean more. Players are a bit more on edge. Everything gets magnified just a little bit more as we close in on the end of the regular season which is some 15 games away from this present moment. But it wasn't a good start last weekend in Calgary. Really got uh, the boots put on him by the Calgary Hitmen, who have been playing good. They've made a lot of deals. Youngest roster, I believe, in the uh, Eastern Conference. And I'd hedge a guess that they are the youngest roster across the Western Hockey League at the moment. But they've been playing with a lot of confidence. Put it on the Tigers there. And it was a big bounce back for for the Tigers Saturday against Red Deer. We'll, uh, we'll break down the craziness that that game turned out to be. I really thought the Tigers were, were playing well. And after 40 minutes, the result was not favorable. They are getting some bad luck. They deserved better. Ended up uh, willing it into a win. But uh, Tuesday, this past Tuesday in Regina, pretty good, all told. Not the worst. Not a great A, but a solid B in Regina against a team that does play well at home. Don't be deceived by how the Pats are sitting in the standings. They are they are a good home team and um, some opportunistic goals, some good bounces heading the way of Regina, but the Tigers able to persevere through that as well. So now we get set for a pretty big weekend, right? Prince Albert Raiders, Saskatoon Blades, Edmonton Oil Kings all happening over the next four days as we record on this Friday, February 16th. Prince Albert Raiders tonight. Should be a good one. But we'll break it all down the past few days and what we can expect this weekend with the voice of the Tigers, Gino DiPaoli. He's on the other side. This is Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. More hockey talk on the way. Let's go, boys! It's Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. When it comes to building or renovating, Windsor Plywood can put you on the power play. 
Their experienced and knowledgeable staff will help you find the finishing products you need to score big on your next project. From doors to floors and all the plywood in between, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Visit Windsor Plywood today. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. Contractors choose Windsor Plywood. Do-it-yourselfers choose Windsor Plywood. And people who think, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but these can help me. They choose Windsor Plywood too. With over 50 years experience, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for finishing, building, and renovation projects. With fast delivery, great selection, and helpful service, it's no wonder more people choose Windsor Plywood. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. And uh, happy to bring in the mouth of the South, Gino DePali. Hello, lads. Hello, Freds. Yeah, there's no... Wait, uh, we're, we're missing... We're no mi- Jesse. We're missing the loud one here. I know, yeah. So <laughs> you're going to have to fill in. You're going to have to do okay. that. Baby um, Watch is still on. Well, by the time this comes out, Baby Watch should be over. You would think. That's the hope. That Baby Watch comes to a close when uh, when this releases on Friday. Yes. If it hasn't finished by then, we are in deeper waters than I think Jesse and his wife would like to be in. Yes, of course. So, uh, so yeah, here's hoping. Um, it, I don't want to go back and have to relive the Tigers game against Calgary, but I feel like we, we must oh, do that dear. as part of our uh, obligations to uh, – the, the listeners each and every week. We are the number one podcast for the Bessonette Tigers. Well, we're I think we're climbing. I think we're climbing the power rankings of the WHL. Of the league-wide ones? Okay. Well, I think we're top five. Okay. I think we're a right. hard top five. Like, not quite Rushmore, but we're right. getting there. Right. Like, yeah. they're going to start carving out your face. Wow. For Hair and all. I think so. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be the only part you need to carve out. Yeah, that's out. right. Yeah, it would take a, lot of, <laughs> take a lot of stone. But uh, taking a lot of stones... To uh, go into to Calgary and and just get shellacked six two. I mean, there's no other way to really put it. Four it, and eleven the last fifteen games in the Saddledomes. It was a really good. good start. Well, at least from a result perspective, there was uh, no whistles for the first like four and a half minutes until Shane Smith scored. To me, I look at that game and I even mentioned this to Josh Mazer the next day in our pregame for the Red Deer game. Mm-hmm. I said it was a good four minutes and twenty three seconds, and then the rest was. Uh, it was not good. Right, great four and a half minutes, and I think from there, I don't know if that was the Tigers' way of saying, "Okay, we can finally beat Calgary." Here we go. Didn't ha- it just seemed like right after that puck drop, after they scored, Lance, mm-hmm. it just the tide just turned and Calgary got going. I Something think, went away. I think the youth for Calgary is really good. Mm-hmm. Like they really had, like they they work hard. Like they they're the they're the youngest team in the Western League. Like. The way Lethbridge is the way Lethbridge is trending, I feel like they're going to take overtake them in the standings, depending how they f- close out the rest of the season. Yeah, and I thought they did a lot of really little things right. I know the the goal to tie it by White Pizarchuk. I'm not sure what that hit or what happened there. Point shots on Ethan McCallum. It's been kind of weird from that spot, and then it's kind of go back and forth. They, you know, I it's been so long ago since that happened, but you you have the the, the terrible giveaway by unfortunately Tomas Merzik, who had a decent game as yeah. and you you give a pizza on the power play and it's Ben Kendall going the other way and a, a highlight reel goal. 
And it just felt like they could never get back into it. I think when they and you know, it's funny even that I say that they couldn't get back into it. Hayden Harsani hits the post in that yeah. first. Gavin McKenna misses a wide open net. Mm-hmm. Like I think if that was McKenna from Regina, that's going in the back of the net. Right. Quite simply. Yeah. So yeah, you know, was, what what do you do? Like you are maybe maybe that's a, a three two game, right? Yeah, a little bit of what ifs, and it just rolled from there. I I I think the team was not good. It just was flat. That it's the definition of being extremely flat. And I don't know if the bright lights of Calgary or obviously I get more pepped, and there's a lot of excitement and people are around mm-hmm. that you know and you love and you cherish that are in Calgary for the most part for a lot of these players that kind of come around and mm-hmm. ticket requests are through the roof. Yep. Uh, I always wonder if that maybe settles into it a little bit more than Edmonton has in the past. But uh, just in Calgary especially, it just, it's been tough sledding. So I think you, you, you grab that game, you go, damn, and you responded back with another one. So it was, it was I think it was a lot to like for some players, but you know, it, it got better. The week got yeah, better. Yeah, the week did get better. And, and to your point in that game against Calgary, I know it was uh, it, it was not a, a pretty turnover from Tomas Mercik on a set play that they always drop back to. And um, if nothing else, it's a learning opportunity where I'm sure Tomas now, until the end of time, when he goes to make that drop pass back to the streaking player behind him to break into the zone, We'll give that an extra look, right? And it's just one of those things that you you run it a hundred times, and ninety nine times it's uh, no problem. But that one out of a hundred that was the hundredth ends right? up being in the back of your net. And I mean, Ben Kindle had to finish it, and he did. the The hitman, and you notice this with with young teams a lot when they're moving well. It's it's hard to slow them down. And it's hard yeah. to slow momentum. Um, and it feels like that's what Calgary has has found is is positive momentum. There's a lot of young players that maybe don't know any different, don't know any better because they haven't been in the league that long, but they also truly believe, and you can tell by the way that they play, that they belong in every game. To me, for that game, maybe one last point for me from mm-hmm. that The first time all season, I thought the Tigers looked slow. Like, yeah, it was looked a little, s- slow. A They're not slow. That's yep. what makes it weird. Like They just looked like they weren't actually moving their feet for once. Like You didn't see the, the bigger strides from Basha or you know, maybe even wise, but again, under Calgary Lights, that's that's a tough spot to be in. Mm-hmm. So I, but yeah, that was the first time I was thinking, man, they're not winning foot, they're not winning races to the puck. Like right. Harsani wasn't winning races that like yeah. he usually wins, and uh, you know what? Just groggy. It was yeah. You know what? Perfect definition. Groggy yeah, game. Groggy, groggy game. all around. But uh, but it's an opportunity to learn, and I think that's important for this group moving forward because you get into playoffs in about six weeks time and yeah. playoffs is momentum based. It's momentum filled. And it's a matter of when you don't have it, can you put a halt to it? And when you do, can you prolong that stretch of play? Right. That That's, I mean, it's really junior hockey to a T because it's, yeah. it's, uh, you know, uh, someone that I heard the quote from Peter Lubardius conveniently uh, talking about junior hockey saying, you know, when you're taking on water, how much can you stop the water filling your boat? And when you're putting water into the other team's boat, how much can you fill it and how quickly can you do so? Exactly. It's something for, for the Tigers to learn. So you just you, you take that with a grain of salt and then have to get yourself into a tough divisional matchup from one to another at home against the Red Deer Rebels on uh, this past Saturday. Boy, that was fun. It ended up being fun. <laughs> After 40 minutes, I know myself was frustrated, not at the way the game was played from the Tigers because I genuinely thought after 40 minutes that the team 
deserved much better than 4-1. to one. They were playing well. They were moving their feet. They came out with speed. All the things you didn't see against Calgary, you saw against Red Deer. There was yeah. a lot to like. And after 40 minutes, you somehow look at this game and see the Tigers stuck three. Yeah, on a Red Deer team that doesn't give up three ever, no. it feels like. They, d- they don't give up much, and they, they don't score a ton. No. But it, they were moving well. It And you're exactly right. Like, I look, I was just thinking, at, when it hit 40 minutes, and I just kind of looked, I was like, it's just not going to happen today. Mm-hmm. It's just not 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 going to be a good fit, and it's going to be a loss, and it's going to be down to a one game or a one point separation between the two. Clubs. Especially, it was like a it was a tough way to end the first, and then a not great start to the second. Right, you give up a late yeah. goal in the first period, and for the first five six minutes, Red Deer continued to carry the pace in the second. And that's when the three-goal deficit happens. You're like, oh, my God, what happened here? We were doing so well. Yeah, yeah, things were good. <laughs> and, yeah, it just – but, man, like – and we look at the face-off battle at that point. It was um, – I think after 40, it was, what, 25 to 15, which wasn't yeah. too bad. It was close. And then the third, you just oh, – what happened? Like – who are you? What have you done with the mess in that Tigers? It was like it something unlocked off. for Oasis Wiseblatt. Absolutely. Uh, it was 21 to 26. That yeah, was absurd. Well, that was like that one sh- random Shane Smith game where he won 20 of 22 yeah. draws, right? I'll never forget that. But he and he was up against Kai Uchaz. He's the best faceoff man in the Western Hockey League, and mm-hmm. it's not even close. Like, you did so many good things. You just, and this is going to sound really weird. What did the Tigers start doing a little bit more? Moving their feet. Yeah. Like, just. Beat him with speed. You hear Willie Desjardins talk about that since the year 2004. Beat him with speed. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to have speed and pace. They had the speed and pace, and they wore the Rebels down. Like, they, I think may, maybe they took their foot off the gas, obviously, and thought they could coast. Like, you look at the goal from Hayden Harsani, thanks to uh, Jack, Ket- like a random Jack Kaczkowski play. Yeah. That wasn't on Red Deer's radar at R, that, that, R, that, that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then the McKenna goal was, you know, what I, we need to. I need to stop acting so surprised that he could do what he did. <laughs> he does some pretty there. incredible things every night. And yeah. then he scores to make it four three. I'm thinking, okay, an extra attacker. They, I remember Red Deer cleared a couple times. Like, yeah, here we go. This is just ran it. Got to find a push gotta, somewhere, and it doesn't feel. And like it's the faceoff breakdown. Like everybody went. The wrong way, except for <laughs> Andrew Basham. Right. It was technically a 2 on 0 because I think Tyler McKenzie was right beside him. Like but He would have banged home a rebound. Isn't it interesting that the last time the Tigers and Rebels played, what was that, a month ago roughly? Yeah. And talking to associate coach Joe Frazier and the emphasis that the team had put on the wingers helping out the centermen. Like they, they identified, and it was said multiple times, that the wingers need to help out on draws, especially against a team like Red Deer. And how that goal happens is a tie-up on the face-off, and then Tyler McKenzie, who will float in uh, on six-on-fives on either the right or left side, depending. But he plays along the wall and jumps into the play and kicks it to the middle of the ice. Like it, it's, it's amazing how in that little instance of five seconds from the time the puck goes down and in the back of the net, you see exactly what the Tigers have been trying to execute. Well, you know, like, and, and McKenzie's not truly a centerman, mm-hmm. right? So he actually was probably doing something he he knows of what He's to do. Comfortable. That's right. what he so called, quote unquote, gets paid to do, yeah. that he would be doing that and sending it to Andrew Bash. And I'm looking, and I know Bash can shoot it, but I was like, kid, deke the putt. Like, just make a move. Mm-hmm. You got him. I thought he was going to shoot it right away. And I, I was just thinking, that's going to go over the top of the net. And then everybody's just going to. 
just like, oh, man. A missed like, opportunity. And yeah. the, the deke in the backhand was just, that's almost pro patience to mm-hmm. do that. So that's something I noticed with Andrew, even though it wasn't the greatest game, I think, for him at times. Just doing that, I'm like, okay, you remembered something. There, there's like, nothing to to say that Andrew Bashia across what's going to be um, a rather, I, I want to say, fairly deep National Hockey League draft coming up. There's nothing to say that Andrew Basha doesn't have one of the best offensive IQs yeah. uh, in the draft class. He he sees the game so well. He thinks it really well. He's always being clever and creative and finding spots. Um, and so he gets that equalizer. And uh, then in, in overtime, the Tigers just they, they maintain the possession battle. They gave up a, a couple shots, and it's a big stop from Zach Zahara with the pad Oof. that ends up leading 200 feet down the ice for uh, – for Bogdan's Hodas. Bogdan's, you know what? He's an interesting guy. Like, he <laughs> hadn't scored, and I know I said 24. It was actually 25 games he hadn't scored. Well, telling goal. him 24 probably feels a little bit better. That was, you know what? It, it felt good to say <laughs> that. It felt good for, and it, it was kind of a breakout game. Not a breakout game for him, but kind of just a relief that, you know, this is a guy that, remember, when he was 19, was kind of getting into that sort of elite Euro status. Of, mm-hmm. You know, he was a player that, maybe was available at the deadline and Willie DeJardin said, No, I, I know what I have here. Yep. Like I'm not moving it for nothing. And then you know, it kind of went more on a defensive role this year, kind of to be shut down, yep. let the forwards do the work, which isn't a bad thing with this group. But I know it, it won't really reflect on Red or uh, on Regina's game, which we'll get to later, but just how they kind of went about their business and you know what, they rolled their pairs and that's mm-hmm. also huge that you want you saw Red Deer kind of bogged down with their top four. They they really shortened that bench in the third and they're gassed. Yeah. Like they they were gassed and you look I think if Hunter Mayo has a second look, he probably has a he has a trailer but he didn't hit it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a different result. So I I look at it that way and yeah, like you said, he just appeared out of nowhere. Now like, I don't know how you like perfectly it, it time perfect, change. It was a perfect line change. Because you had McKenzie was already there on a partial two on two, so the far side, so at that point it would be the far side mm-hmm. defender had to stay with him because you don't lose your man in three on three or your toes. Yeah, and then a late change by Red Deer, and it ends up being Bogdan Sotis, who you know has a good shot. We know he can shoot it, and he finally did. Yeah, it's a, a better shot than than it might you know appear in the moment, right? But you're, you're going up against Chase Woodski, who's been. Uh, a really good story for Red Deer this year. Um, and, and to beat really Woodski one-on-one because the way that the the play developed, St. Martin and McKenzie are on the outside, and it's really just Bogo and the goalie uh, one-on-one, and he's able to beat him up over the glove with just 19 seconds left. It's uh, a hell of a shot and a, a nice comeback win, a, a big one oh. for the Tigers, obviously, um, not just in the standings, but – but more than anything for confidence. I believe, right? Like the only thing I was fearing about on that Hodis break was watch him rim it, goes out if the that far misses, side. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. You and I were play- no. <laughs> I, I, I've seen it all too often, the the shots to go up and over the or end up going up and over the crossbar rim all the way around, and yeah. then they would have had the odd man. They would have had a two on O. Really, they yeah. might have had a three on O at that Depending. point. Depending. <laughs> um, it would have been would have been a little dodgy, and I'm sure Zach Zahara would have loved every second of it because he's sick, uh, yeah, and uh, likes those kind of situations. Allegedly, loves two on O's. No, it, I not a, he definitely does. The way he said that in uh, yeah, it, that's right. The last time we talked to him after the Regina game at home, uh, I mean, he he genuinely loves yeah. 
two on O's. Like tight moments like that. Now, to pull the curtain back a little bit, it was a skate yesterday. or uh, Well, yesterday. It was a skate. Wednesday, is that fair to say? Sure. Or Thursday? It was a Wednesday skate. Okay. And they, the guys had the day off, but they came and skate with just like street clothes, but Zach Sahara had full equipment on because goalies don't really not have. Yeah, you kind of need on. that, yeah. And at the end when they were doing their little session, it was him and Nate Corbet and Bogdan Sotis and Ethan McCalm in – Street clothes and mm-hmm. and goal skates. Two on O's. Let's go. I was like, <laughs> he does love the two. He on-os. just lives for it. Yeah, he said we need to do the two on O's because we've been giving up a lot of hot well, air lately. That, so that's thinking, another. Oh, throw it some shade, right? But no, he it, said, it is a real aspect that the the goalies have faced. Two on O's wrong. So he was great, and yeah, it ended up being good. Uh, Tigers also give up eleven shots in the first period. They give up eleven more in the second, third, and overtime combined. That's so pretty good. That's uh that's a nice lockdown job. Surprisingly, the they only give up two power plays and both get scored <laughs> on. <laughs> which is a one's a four on three. Which is a rare one, yeah. Four on three. It was just a, a weird one for special teams, but that that's just a, such a big win for for the confidence of the Tigers moving forward. Not to say that they didn't have any, but you could sense that maybe you're you're starting to dip a little bit and there was a little bit of nervousness right after getting blown out by Calgary, a team that they should beat. Yep. Um, and then after 40 minutes, though, like I said, I thought they played uh, a much better game than the scoreline indicated. But after two periods of trailing by three to Red Deer, it can spiral out of control pretty quick. So talking about the momentum shifts and being able to put a halt to it, mm-hmm. I thought that was a good response all told from the Tigers. Well, it, just, it goes back, and I mentioned it in the Regina game, that, again, this is knock on wood, this is a team that's never lost more than two in a row. They bounce back quickly, and I kind of broke it down. At this point in the season, if you don't have a long skid right now, mm-hmm. how much better are you come game at 69 of this of this year? Right. Like you, you, I think you put yourself in a really good spot. Uh, I think it's funny with the Calgary games. It feels like either the Tigers have played really well and the Hitmen have been awful mm-hmm. or vice versa. So it hasn't been. It's not any like in two, there has not been good games. Like we strange. played well and lost, sort of outcomes yeah. in that season series. And typically, the division games are always tight across the board, no matter who the divisional yeah. matchup is. But for some reason, yeah, they have just Tigers not been Calgary good. Just never want to play close games. No. Uh, and so you head into Regina on Tuesday, and uh, there's no sense in burying the lead. Congratulations, Gino. Your prediction for at least a time being has come true. Clawing his way all the way back with a four-point night and now taking the lead in the A three-point lead. Yeah, a three-point lead, uh, leading the rookie scoring race in the Western Hockey League, Gavin <laughs> McKenna, who is up over two points per game since Christmas. He's on a different he's a he's on a different level. He's he's a freak. He is being an absolute freak right now. And and Regina gave him so much ice. Mm-hmm. And I I know Regina. Good players get lost, state. right? Good players get lost. Yeah. You look at the first goal he scored on a power play, like he starts it yeah. and ends up I'm thinking I watched him skate from the from the Tiger Blue on that breakout, and I think it's Hunter St. Martin on the far yep. on the far wall. And I'm thinking, how has nobody picked up seventy two? Like he's not weaving, he's just you know, running line. he's running a straight route mm-hmm. straight into the end zone, yeah. and that's exactly what he did. Controlled the play. He was a Patrick Mahomes, I'm taking over this game. Mm-hmm. Late in the late in the game, power play. Who do you give it to? Seventy two. And here's the thing: he didn't shoot it right away on that power play. That was yeah. a late power play goal. Mm-hmm. Gavin has the ability. 
to dis- he, he is distributing first. We all know this. Mm-hmm. But he distributes a lot. And then I think he looked either he sees the clock, he's like, well, I better shoot it now, and just ends up scoring, right? Like, Well, he finds ways to to get pucks to the net, if nothing else, right? Well, and, and he hits shots. Like, on that goal, I believe he – like, everybody on Regina just collapsed to the middle because he's going to go shell far side. Oh, that's his pick short side. Mm-hmm. And, and, and UNUA can't stop it. To the point of, you know, the volume that he, he takes – shooting the puck because it's on the power play going through his hands 164 shots yeah leads on, the, team. On the season leading the team and if Kate and Lindstrom had been in every single game since Christmas uh he would still be leading because Lindstrom is putting out even more volume mm-hmm. than than Gavin McKenna but you know I, I remember earlier this season talking about McKenna in the sense that he was shooting the puck and maybe not finding the back of the net as much but he was sticking with it and th- there's a lot to be said in that and how it kind of correlates to the team. And really, the, you can go back to the game against Red Deer, shooting the puck a lot, doing the right, a lot of the right things, wasn't working out, wasn't the desired result, but you're sticking with it. The same is, is for McKenna. He, he's been shooting the puck and was shooting it at around 9-10% to start the year, and now all of a sudden goals are falling, right? He has about <laughs> nine, eight or nine, ten goals, something like that, I since, break, since yeah. Christmas. He, he's had quite a few of them. But he's still playing the same way. He, he's now just having this ability and the confidence almost to make a couple extra moves with the puck and making extra plays and, and finding more guys open, making everyone around him just a little bit better. But the the goal scoring, that's coming just with the volume and the shot selection that he yeah. takes. And he also just works himself into these great spots where, where he's going to get four, five, six shots. A well, night. and everybody has to back off a little bit, right? Because they just know pass is coming. Like, mm-hmm. pass, pass. You have to respect it. And that's you're like, okay, thank you. I got to this point. Now I can shoot. And he's the most confident guy in the room right now. Have you, like, in, in just seeing him, whether it's warm up or what he's doing in practice, like, have you seen McKenna continuing to work, like, explicitly on his shot? You know what? I never see him shoot. That sounds so weird to say. Like I never see him like right. do like the extra shots, not the shooter tutor, but the big shooting wall. And mm-hmm. but he's always working on his on his puck handling. Always. Mm-hmm. Like I always see him with the headphones on and making that extra deke. It's him and Tomas Mercik are usually uh, together on those. Like I remember in Prince Albert, he found like the most darkest like alley. Well, not alley, but <laughs> yeah. like crack and crevice in the Art Hauser Center, and he's. Puck handling in pure darkness, and he's puck handling perfectly. Yeah, and I see him before home games warming up with Reed Andreessen a bit. Yeah. Um, I only ask that just because you're starting to see the release is is improving, and that's naturally going to happen over time and reps and everything else. But we know with this Tigers team that there's just a, a an elevated work ethic, right, that everyone's yeah. kind of buying in and doing a, a bit more. Um, so, yeah, I was just curious if, if we're I, starting I never to see more see, work from them. I, I'm sure he does it. I just never Surely. see it. Yep. yep. Like it, it. Well, if he's a guy that's also hiding in the dark creeks and crevices of the Art Hauser, he's probably finding other dark creeks and crevices <laughs> of the co-op place <laughs> to go work on. There's stuff. a few you can find. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, it's been fun to watch him work. Um, I know. I kind of. I kind of talked to him the other day because the requests to talk to him they don't uh, stop. Th- they've started to ramp up a little bit. I'm yeah. Like, <sighs> it's only gonna. It's only I, gonna I, pick up. I had a conversation with him. Uh, I was, I think it was over text or whatever, and I said, "Well, kid, you know what? This is kind of your year to, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I'll push people away for you, but the next two years, 
buckle up. Right. I just and told him. I just said, just it's going to happen, and we'll figure. This isn't out necessarily. Strategy. This isn't necessarily new to him either. No. Right? The the attention, the the requests for for comments, and and you know, dummies like us that want to have him on the podcast yeah. or whatever it might be. Like everyone's going to obviously ask. I think he'll have to be a guest here eventually. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we it's been a while. We haven't talked to him since uh, the four assist game. Yeah, early that. last year. Um, we haven't had much. He's got to go to school. Yeah, like, well, he's got to get an education. Told, <clears throat> it's important. I told him. I said, "You get, you ride that school card as much as you can, and and you go to school. Like yep. that's a good place for you. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. as in people don't like maybe the students do. I don't know. I, like, well, they're probably you. quite excited to have Gavin McKenna in their classroom. You're like, oh damn, hey, considering how, how, how how'd that go? Been. How'd that go last night? Yeah, right. I don't know. It's a but a uh, four point night against uh, Regina in Regina on Tuesday. A team that plays well at home. Um, yeah, despite their record on the Scrappy, season, they're like, a good home team. They, man, like I don't want to say they were going to back their way into another point there, but it sure felt like it. Like they were fighting. It was it was trading blows all night. They didn't back off. Like UNHUA made a couple big saves to keep it close, and uh, you know what, Regina's not. They had a lot of guys out. Like Bukowski was out. Uh, Gibson's out. Like right. they they banged up. Yeah, like, that could have been a different outcome again. I'm pretty sure uh, what Corbin Vaughn was out as well. Or was he in? Uh, yes. Uh, Corbin Vaughn was out. Jackson was in because he scored. scored. Yeah. And, but, yeah, like, I know Ethan, maybe that wasn't the best Ethan McCallum game. I know Man, I love his mental, though. The goal eight seconds in just sucks because. Goes off it, of Parsons' face. Yeah. How do you stop a shot? How's Parsons' face? I think he's fine. He's Takes a lot old, to take Rhett down. Same old Pars. Yeah. But, man, yeah. like he, it was like banana peels. We, I never seen so many guys, like. Falling and slipping. Saw a lot of people picking. Yeah, like Branch hits a rut on the far side. Wisebot had a couple. I was like, "Geez, like I don't know what's what? happening in the Branch Center. They too much dirt on the on too the much egg. Ice too much floor. egg. <laughs> they let too, a couple cows got out. Too many egg ice. events down there. I don't know, but it, uh, it was a weird game. I really liked McCallum's mental toughness. Oh, so he battled back. I know maybe the second one's a, a two a three on one. What are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, maybe annoying. maybe the third goal that is a bit of a rebound that's juicy. Ready that, kicks the pad out. Yeah, I believe he shot from the right yeah. by Jackson Vaughn. Yeah, and then the fourth uh, one. I don't right know if he got out. screened on that one or not. That was a tough one. But again, oh, oh yeah, the fourth one he saw the entire way. The point yeah, shot from Jackson Whitehead. It. Yeah, that's that's not one you're gonna love. No, he definitely. <laughs> I, I think I can speak on yeah, Ethan's behalf on that shot. And then I'm like, okay, it's four four. Mm-hmm. Penalty shot time. Oh, Here we God. go. Jeez. Cole Temple's like. Last thing this kid needs is a penalty shot to really just rain on his parade. Mm-hmm. And the save he makes. Goodness. Oh, I. It's bad from my angle. I am high enough, but I don't see the back leg kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just see the puck's not I, in. I just see the puck's not in, yeah. and I have to follow the puck first. Man. And then you see the replay. I was like, holy Dinah. Yeah. Like, I had people texting me about that stop like, as like right after it happened when the clip hit socials. Yeah, I had people text me. Have you seen McCallum stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah I something saw it. else. That that was that's a save. And I know there was absurd. a couple draft guys on Twitter that kind of pipe in. I know one's Derek Newmeyer. Mm-hmm. The other, the other weirdo or whatever his name is, uh, <laughs> the one that puck preps. How guy? do you really feel? I don't know. It seems weird. <laughs> I don't know. All these experts that don't actually go to games. Okay, if, all right. But now it, we know yeah, your stance. That's yeah, good. I don't, uh, what was his name? <sighs> Puck, perhaps puck, whatever. I don't. Whoever yeah, the someone, other guy that I on, think's kind of a weirdo. Someone on social, and, sure. And just like, oh, this is like, and you know, could be a late pick for Ethan McCallum. Like, 
okay, right? <laughs> like, sure, man. Like, yeah, I did. I, I I did see Joel Johnson. That's the guy. I, I'm not familiar, unfortunately. Exactly. Um, well, no, no. I'd love to be. <laughs> I'd love to be familiar. Your stance is quite obvious. Um, I, I'd love to be familiar, but uh, yeah, I, I did see that. The, you know, there was a couple posts about McCallum down the road with that stop. Um, just like to make it clear that it's it's still been a one A one B. Yeah. With this goaltending tandem, uh, they're both as 50-50 as you could be. So Now, can that change? Absolutely. Well, I think it might. I don't know, but sure as hell don't feel like it right now, does Right. It? And, and why? That That's another big question, right? <laughs> you're you're going to kind of want both of them going. I still wonder if there comes a time where you just want to have one, if not both, run a back-to-back just to know what it feels like, right? And maybe here's what would probably have helped if you clinched the division. Yeah, then you could probably experiment a little bit. Yeah, but that, the that odds are like that's probably not going to happen till no. maybe the last day of the race. Might take the last weekend or two. Yeah, might take that home at home against Lethbridge to not necessarily coming anytime soon. But no. uh, <laughs> but I, I man, I really liked Ethan's Ethan's battle. In that he game. battled. Yeah, that was that was something that I really liked seeing from him because I think that you know he he's shown the tools a lot of the times. Like when he's on, he's dialed. He's sticky. Pucks aren't yes. fly, flying off him, and when he's got to battle a little bit, it is become sometimes a little bit more of a of a challenge and a struggle. And I know it's something that he's continuing to to work on. Well, you're a second round pick in your draft class as a goalie for mm-hmm. a reason. Like there's a reason mm-hmm. people saw it. Yeah, you're six three. You've got apparently scorpion legs, which yeah. we've just discovered. Yep. Like, he's not an idiot, by the way. He's one of the smartest no, people you'll see. Like, he takes advanced calculus, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. Like, my God. So, in the brief conversations, we've had a few of them just intelligent in the and Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's pretty obvious if there was, like, a fly on the wall while Ethan and I are talking. Uh, it would be blatantly obvious to anyone that, that he is much smarter than me. <laughs> um, that comes across in conversation. Uh, but he's... Wants to be he called Big the, Mac. He knows the level that he he's gonna want to get to. He knows where he wants to be. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to still be kind of frustrated at the result of of the Regina game. Personally, yes, the team gets a win and he makes a big stop. Um, but it's such an interesting dynamic when you're a goaltender because you're you're trying to just make the next stop with this group, right? And he does that in the penalty shot to uh, to give the Tigers a chance to win. Then Gavin McKenna, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, just a handful of minutes later on the power play scores to uh, to give the Tigers a 5-4 lead. They don't surrender that. They'll take it in. And, uh, they made it hard call at it the end with the penalty. <laughs> that would have been... Yeah, know. yeah. That's uh, That wasn't cool. I, I, I think, if I'm going to guess, I'm, I'm going to imagine that there was a conversation between someone, if not all of the coaching staff, and Andrew Basha on, uh, on the excitement level to... Kill to a 6-on-4. Just, just maybe you, you, you can pester him. Get on his heels. Leave him alone. I understand you want to also put the puck in the net, seal the game. I could appreciate that. You know, if he, he strips it and scores, he looks like a br- he looks brilliant. Yeah, I, I I love the intensity. Yeah, I think Andrew would be also the first one to tell you. I might have got a little overzealous there. Yeah. I might have. Well, he definitely looked to the heavens. And yeah, like, it's like that. Oh, oh, what did I do? Oh, S moment. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, what did I do? Yeah, but uh, gosh darn, it didn't hurt him in the end. They they end up picking up a big win. So. Congrats to uh, yeah, a couple big wins. Congrats to to Ethan for uh, for that win. And uh, well, he's got double digit wins now. He's up to ten. Like I they're think. running Zahara's very similar numbers. Tw- yeah, I he's know Zahara's 
goals against and save percentages a hair higher than Ethan's because mm-hmm. of. And honestly, they would be the same if Ethan didn't have that first Regina game. Right. They would be pretty damn close. Yep. And maybe the Calgary game didn't help either, obviously, with the six against. But if And what's really nice, at this point in the year, what, 16 games left, 15, whatever we're at? 15, yep. Um, it's really good from a fan point of view, and I, I think in my mind this translates for the for the team as well. Really nice that no matter who's in net, there, there's confidence that whoever is in between the pipes for you is going to give you enough stops to win a night. Yeah, no, and I think it's that's not. What you get. It's not like that for every team. Well, what with the playoffs would end today, or would start today? I think it'd be PA round one. Mm-hmm. No problem starting either of those. Two. Right, right. No, like there's not one goalie that I think has a distinct advantage over another team right now. Maybe Zahara Red Deer would be your only one, but even then, McCallum beat Red Deer. Yeah, they've all beat. Good teams. Mm-hmm. The only team that they haven't beat yet is Saskatoon. Sorry, like maybe this weekend, huh? That'd be great. Maybe this weekend. Um, Saturday's a co-op place. Yeah, Saturdays. I've heard there's no place better on a Saturday night than co-op place. That's that's what they say. Um, uh, one one more on on the rookie scoring race. I'll give you the floor. Um, do you want to say I told you so to everybody, or or what would no, you like to do with that? Because I think Tarek Parasak's going to have some big games ahead. It's not done yet. By any it's going to be a log jam. But the fact that Gavin McKenna got there though, when you said that last he was weekend catch of the him, season he'd catch him, I figured and the he last was trailing week, by like seventeen points when you said it was a lot. It was a lot. I just kind of looked. I looked at the schedule. I looked. And I didn't necessarily see this Regina game being the four pointer, but I looked at yeah. the two Edmonton games coming up potentially right. as point night. But right. he's now up to six four point games this season. Mm-hmm. So twenty four points in six games is that good? Real good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Really, you can really gnaw away at. And Prince George is in a fight. Like yep. you look at their situation is way different than Madison Hats. Like Funk, uh, height. I know Parasak's on that power play, but he's not option one or two. Mm-hmm. He's three or four. And right. he's at the sign that banging home rebounds. At least it was in early October when I saw him. So I think Parasak can catch. I will just say shame on you, Prince George fans, for throwing the youngest player and probably the future of this league under the bus. So shame on you. For all right, never doubt the youngest player in the league who yeah. has had more four point games than you have. He's got uh 23 points in his last nine. That's good point, points in eight of his last nine. There, so really, it's 23 weird, points like, in eight games and then had one of zero. Yeah, he has like I look at what I do streaks on my on my um game notes. Like, I think his longest long, one's only eight. Yeah, eight his games, lo- yeah, but like games with a goal like i think mm-hmm. his longest is three or four and yeah, then assists, i think is five yep. like it's super weird how like he just doesn't have a goal and assist every game it mm-hmm. feels like which he does clip a lot at now but i think i look yeah like his longest point streaks only eight games yeah and then he just drops one which is whatever Don't it is care. rather absurd at the at the rate that he's going and now you're like starting i think caden lindstrom had like a he actually caden lindstrom he's still on when his, he ever, he's still on a streak yeah i think when he comes games? back if he comes back yeah if i remember right 12 games um is there more to to caden lindstrom that you uh, have to offer week to week okay so the, nothing new to offer nothing new uh, to offer sorry so can i can i give you him. a little injury news uh sure yeah you yeah. can don't take it for anything okay Wearing a yellow jersey for the next 10 days. Uh-huh. Braden Babe. Really? Braden Babe is in town. Really? 
Uh, that makes me so happy. Won't play this year, I don't think. Right. Um, at least that's kind of, I feel like if he hadn't played now, he wasn't going to. But I don't know. He's good enough. If he's here and he's got a jersey on. He's got a yellow jersey. I think he had to corner Mickey to get it. <laughs> that sort of a thing. <laughs> right, right. Which is fine. And I think Mickey is a smart enough man to know if he can, deserves the yellow or not. Absolutely. He's been in the league for over 1,500 games. Yeah. Uh, Braden Bames here practicing he's not in any drills or anything but he skated this morning when i saw him and i saw him yesterday come it's funny because um he had to go get his he has to get his car <laughs> like it's oh, been yeah. here it's yeah. been here since october uh-huh i think that went through a couple polar vortexes uh, good luck starting that thing <laughs> hopefully think, it was plugged in yeah hopefully it was, yeah goodness gracious i was gonna say if it was cold for that long and you didn't plug it in but now it's passed you might be okay i don't know would it start again or like no you still have to carry over from the polar vortex i'm not smart enough and i'm not a mechanic so exactly but no braden bame in town Mm -hmm. most likely likely not gonna play this year but it's really promising to see him on skates absolutely so Um, that was cool that's cool to see that's great news and in my mind if he's here no, I, I I hear everything you just said. I hear it, okay? Yeah. I hear everything. <laughs> You're gonna throw something in the universe, aren't you? Well, all I'm saying is that if he came back to town because he was back at home rehabbing for a while, um if he's back in town, he's put the jersey on, he's hanging around with the group. And knowing at least a little bit in the conversations that I've had with Braden Bain, just kind of getting an understanding of who he is, pretty driven young man. Well, he told me he's already. He says I'm a month ahead of schedule. I'm like, not surprised. <laughs> I would, I would imagine if you're here, you're on the ice, you're you're going through the paces. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be a lot of a lot of ramp up that's going to have to happen. But we also have about six weeks till the regular season were to end. That's another month. Playoffs were to start in about six and a half, seven weeks from now. Yeah. Is the first round possible? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But all I'm saying is that it is uh, rather encouraging to have him in the building. I think and, it's great. And moving around on the ice. And if nothing else, encouraging for a guy that uh, that maybe didn't have that certain of a future months ago. Well, for a guy that got a horse collar tackled in Prince George, no call, mm-hmm. and you have that injury to deal with. Mm-hmm. Again, where that was in Prince George. Shame on you, Prince George. <laughs> Shame on you. Really just taking it out on everybody today. Uh, Surly, I, I. This is crunch time. Like <laughs> yeah. it, this is, this is a development league. But we're all trying to get to that next level, be yeah, better, yeah, stronger, right. meaner, faster. That's right. That's right. Well, Smell better. Okay. Well, like I'm still working we're on all that. Trying that. Yeah, trying that. Yeah, it's not going well. Uh, that's a work in progress. But no, that that's great news. I, <laughs> I just know for the person I himself. I like, don't put anything thought into it. Like when's Braden Bame come back? He hasn't know. been in the lineup now. It's going to remain indefinite. I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see it happening. Yeah. I'll be the first to say. If it's happening, we will. There will be a montage. Yeah, and we will uh, not find out uh, until the moment comes because that's how that's how it's going to end up. Head coach Will Desjardins and the coaching staff like to do things. Um, now leaks are are also uh, running at zero percent. We we never get. Yeah, that. I would love. To, here's, I'll put it into the universe. Uh huh. And there's nothing to this. The least I think you might see. And maybe more for a fan experience. Mm-hmm. Maybe he takes a warm up. Maybe yeah. he takes a warm up. He right. won't play, but he gets to put the jersey on, right? And can go through some drills. But then that might be too much too. Yeah, you know. never know. 
Hard to say for sure, right? Just going to take warm-up, warm but would be scratch. I will... Uh, it's been I, easy to keep Bame's name up on the scratches for since October. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had to erase it. It's been that way. I, my, my optimism, because we hadn't heard any news for months, was, was basically zero. Yeah. Um, this news brings it up to 10%. My happiness is at 104 for Braden himself. Optimism now has raised to ten percent. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I have added optimism. That's what for we my do. Day. We bring positivity to. Is that what we do? The number one podcast for the mess. You, you, you have gone and, and, and crushed a couple people along the way today. So we're, I didn't know if we were bringing we're all spinning the hot fire. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's fine. Um, Brought to you by Windsor Ply, the experts. Yes, good, good. You well need done. to know. Good. This is why you're the professional, and I, I am not. No, um, I'm the degenerate. <laughs> well, I'm just ripping the city of Prince George today. Yeah, Prince George really took a hit in this one, but that's all right. Uh, See, our Prince George ratings are going to go down. Apologies. I, I it's, it, it's, it happened. Um, this weekend, Prince Albert. Uh, if you're listening on a Friday night, the 16th of February, and the Saskatoon Blades on the 17th against PA, it feels like uh, nearly a guarantee that you'll see Max Hildebrand in goal for Prince Albert because he plays all the time. But uh, still without Ryder Ritchie, I believe. Uh, it sounds I don't know like that for it. sure. But he hasn't played since the last time the Tigers played PA. It hasn't seemed to. Uh, What's the injury report there? Bring it up on the uh, yeah, Tigers Uncaged. Uh, right, the the bat line we got. I'm glad you asked. Bring it up on the on the old uh, the old. Uh, uh huh. I forgot what. We oh, were, okay. the Breaking news. Uh, we don't we, hit well, the we, hit the sounder. Hit the sounder. We do have a breaking news button. Um, as of this week, Ryder Richie still lower body day to day. Day to day. Day to day. Uh, Luke Baraz is upper body week to week, so uh, probably not in the lineup. I I don't know. Yeah, it, it unless that week to week ends on the week of the Friday, which would, wouldn't that be something when Prince Albert is in town? But I know there's a lot of people that uh, would in, like in to Prince see Albert Ritchie. would like to see Ryder Ritchie going. Um, I'm sure Ryder Ritchie himself would like to get going. Would like his draft stock to go up a little bit. Also, did you see Matthew Savoy? Yeah, landed on the weekly what, report. What they put him on there for? Because I know he uh, left the game against Calgary last week. Yeah, Matthew Savoy has found his way into the Moose Jaw Warriors report. Uh, upper body injury week to week. Not good. That's bad news. That sounds like a shoulder to me. Did you also see? Because uh, and this is the first time Did I've opened it for know? a little while. I don't open those reports because I don't believe them. I, the I should be opening them more because it's a resource that the Western Hockey League makes available to me as a weekly podcaster. And I should be doing my due diligence. Uh, Dylan Sador in Lethbridge, upper body week to week. That's a big loss for them. That's not good. In Lethbridge, oh boy, yeah, that's they have not been good. Like no. Harrison Megan looks human. Yeah, and they lost to Swift this week. I know it wasn't good in uh, any of their road trip. They lost everywhere they went in I, regulation in all of them. Didn't I they? mean? Do I? I don't know that I need to bang the drum on. <laughs> My thoughts. It's your Lethbridge. turn to spit some fire. No, here. it's just it's how I felt last year and this year that I just don't understand how they win games. They don't score. I think their goals for and against are plus one, like one fifty three to one fifty two. It was. Now it's minus two. It's one fifty nine well, four and one sixty one against. I mean that's due in part to a four game losing streak that they're currently riding. Yeah, but they have the second least goals for in the Eastern Conference. I know the Tigers have the fourth most goals in the league. That is a thing. But like it's bizarre. Like their power play runs at 23%, their penalty That's kill, pretty good. 
Their penalty kill is 81.6. It's basically the same as the Tigers' penalty kill. They just cannot score goals. And Harrison Megan can't score goals for you. He might have to. He might have to, you know, he might have to tap show like many. I need you for a shift. He's like, I can't pass the center line, coach. Like, I, I, I understand it's a long shot, and I understood it was when I said it earlier. But there's a world that the Lethbridge Hurricanes miss playoffs, considering it's all the moves coming, they made. It's coming to the limelight, right? Like, and that's what a nine. This would be nine years they went. Mm-hmm. So it'd be this Something is like your ten to try and make. And they, they I think have Calgary, two games in hand on Prince Albert. Do they? And Calgary's got a couple games in hand too, right? Yeah, both the, the Hurricanes and Hitmen go into this weekend with fifty-one games played. Uh, the Prince Albert Raiders with fifty-three. So oh. the Raiders two games more. And they hold a one-point lead on both the Hitmen and Hurricanes. Like Calgary, to me, is sitting pretty out of this because you know there's at least four more games against Edmonton. It would you would feel like just the way the schedule strengths and, have and location because Red Deer has four games against Edmonton. So this yeah. is when you got to start yeah. looking at those two. Don't bring Sa- that up to me. I you got to look at the two Saskatoon games. Yeah, and the two Prince Albert games remain. This is gonna. This is a stretch. Yep. How about you win them all? How about you beat Saskatoon and at least take a point from there in Sastel Center in a couple weeks? Do that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You, just because of those four, you got two against Edmonton. So you need to find for the Red Deer Rebels to lose two games elsewhere. There's a game against the Wenatchee Wild in there, but Wenatchee's not doing well. No, but maybe Wild on a, the, right the, the Wild on a Wednesday night or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It'll be in a Red whole Deer promo yeah. could be great. Yeah. You need an upset because, you know what, Red Deer's lost. I figured Red Deer would lose a handful of games, and it was a to- I put a toss-up between the Tigers and them because that was the last game. But you look, there's... Th- You're looking at this from the Tigers' perspective, though? I'm looking, yes, I'm okay. looking at all, just yeah, there, too. I hear you. Like, the Tigers got four games against Swift, left, yep. two home-and-homes, yep. three games against Lethbridge. That's right. Got a random Lethbridge on a Wednesday in two weeks, which is kind of weird. And then Holiday you've got Monday a, coming up in Edmonton. Oh yes, wonderful. Uh-huh. Apparently, it's gonna be like sold out for that game. Allegedly, that's awesome. That's gonna be wild. That's great. There might actually be an atmosphere at Rogers Place. That would be for good. An Oil Kings game. That would be nice. Um, so you have those games. You look at the two, the P, the PA games, especially Friday. You need those ones. Yep. You gotta have them. Yep. And maybe remember this stretch last year. Kamloops was in town. Mm-hmm. You gotta beat them. You beat them. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg, thank God they're not in this league anymore. At least in this conference. At yeah. least in this conference. Yeah. Well, they're in this division. Uh, they, you had to maybe get a point. You got two because you beat them 6-4. Right, yeah. That's what I kind of see with Saskatoon here. Saskatoon's obviously this year's Winnipeg. That opportunity, yeah. There's an opportunity knocking. Sure. Let it in. Who's going to start it? I don't know. If I'm going to go on the law of averages, uh-huh. Ethan McCallum will play in that game, and Zach Sahara is going to start Friday against Prince Albert. It would surely lead that way. That's, that's all roads the, lead to that happening. And then you'd have the, the Monday rotation. game would be Zahara against Edmonton in a big game and a big crowd. And then the next Friday, because then you got Swift Current. Home and home with the home Broncos. With the Broncos, yep. the first of two of those. So you'd have a game with Ethan McCallum. If you could do the starts, McCallum in Swift. Home to Swift, Saturday, Zahara. And then there's that gross week of um, Tuesday in um, – Tuesday – or no, the Monday? No, that's the following week. We play like on a Friday against Edmonton. 
March the first. Uh, March the first, and yep. then off a rare off Saturday at Co-op Place. Yeah, you start a terrible six and eight days, basically. Yeah, and then then the Sunday against Calgary, a Tuesday against uh, Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, yeah, Brandon in here. Yeah, and then a trip to Lethbridge. You got to go Wednesday. to Lethbridge the next night. So then, the, and guess what? We're doing the Thursday. We're probably going to Saskatoon. Yeah, and play, play there on Friday, Friday. Yeah. and then Saturday against Prince Albert, and then the home and home. Set. Like once we turn the calendar for March, mm-hmm. season's gonna be over. I mean, once you get past the the Prince Albert game on March the ninth, it's pretty well laid out for you on what you're gonna need to do. Could be an X by the Tigers by then. Yeah, I mean, would be nice. Red Deer will still will have a game in hand. They'll have five games left after March 9th. Um, to try and track you down. I don't have the Swift Current Broncos ahead of me, but just be or on my screen yeah. just because they're what eight points back. They're the game eight points right back, now. but they're still coming. Yeah, like, absolutely. They're, they're playing well. Reed in, Dick's playing well. In a Tigers perspective, against Red De- or against Swift Current, excuse me, you want to split at the very least those. Yep, just so in that you way just split they em. don't gain ground on you. Um, but you look at the bigger fish to fry and the bigger picture. You'd like to finish higher than Moose Jaw. For That'd be great. second in the conference, you would well. You still get the two seats, so that doesn't for really round matter. one. I guess would they? So, but you reset after the first round. So then, you, so then, Moose Jaw would be the high seed. They'd That's be right. The two seed, not you. Uh, okay, yeah, I didn't for, know say, that. Say for example, the top four all go through. So you have Saskatoon, the Tigers, Red Deer, and uh, and Moose Jaw. And yeah, the Tigers okay. finish two. Moose Jaw finishes three. But Moose Jaw has more points, so they go to the they two would flip seed up to the two, two. And so the Tigers would start on the road. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, which. I, I mean, like you said, it's not a huge deal, but Get I think there if, first. Not, if nothing else, what you're seeing this year, because every team is really good at home, like obviously home ice matters, but maybe it matters a touch more this year when, yep. I mean, the the Blades, at least home and away splits, they look beatable on the road. Yep. Um, the same can be said for Moose Jaw. So, yeah, it's it's important to try and get – the second amount of points. Or well, Moose Jaw is going to have. Well, they'll have what? At the, they might have Regina at the end, right? I have no idea. The, Honestly, no, not that I, you need to deep dive. It, it into would that be nice. Today. It would be nice if you finish higher than them. But I'm kind of with you. Like, is it really all that relevant? No, I think the the target is is going to remain win the division. Yeah, trying to you know beat out beat out Red Deer and and win your division. Now Red Deer, when That'd you look be insane, at schedules, you go, they have they have. They have some easy times. They got four against Edmonton. They got a handful against Lethbridge, three of them. They got three against Calgary. Uh, they got two against Swift. Uh, they two got one against Swift might help you. They got two, one against Wenatchee and one against Saskatoon. So, uh, and one against PA. But their bulk of their schedule, they've seen a lot of Edmonton, a lot of Calgary, which are uh, obviously now we, we've seen how Calgary handled the Tigers. Anything can happen. Well, they don't seem to handle the Rebels well. <laughs> that's that's if you're on the Tigers' point of view, just looking at the schedule, you're like okay, well, we're gonna have to buck up here. We have to pick up some wins. Beat Sask too. You'll do it. That'll be a fun one. That'll be a fun one to win. Go into Sastel Center in a couple weeks and just win two one. Or sure, I'd be down for that too. That w- that would be great. Win a little, I'd nice love to see Les Lazarick lose his mind. Ha- have to win a tight one against uh, a really good. Saskatoon team. And to get you ready at that point. And now this is a long way, obviously. The Saskatoon game Saturdays, but the PA game Fridays where you start mm-hmm. and go from there. So I think you've got – I think you have the recipe for – you would like – obviously you want both. You want four. Yeah. Three of four would go well this weekend would be a 
would be as good as possible. But we are getting to a fun part of the uh, of the season, Gino. This is seat belts, when, everyone. Uh, I'm not a big proponent of scoreboard watching and, and kind of having tabs on what everyone's doing on game 22, just because it's so God, long I of am. a season. I'm the worst for it. No, you love it, and, and that's okay. I'm not saying there's nothing. I wrong, just always look at the games. To, I'm I'm a big games to burn meter guy. Yeah, sure. Like because yeah. I've done this with so many different leagues. Like you can't lose here. And then I was okay. They lost. Did they lose? So then you could just call it a wash. It's yeah. kind of like gambling, I think. Like okay, <laughs> just push, push with it's the another push at the table. I right? like how you made an effort there to speak to my habits in my life. I, I appreciate love it. that. I, I'm a big fan of, but I'm a big uh, fan of yours. but no, it, you're now is the part of, of the season when you, you're pretty well each night going to have an eye because someone's going to be playing an interesting game. I mean, Brandon. They're in a dogfight in the middle of the Eastern Conference right now. so They're, they're not be, going away. No, they're going to be fun to watch. Carson B. Arneson's to, back. Trying to battle with the Broncos, right, for uh, that fifth spot in the Eastern Conference. Here, here's one more thing for you. If, you're, if we want to do playoff scenarios a little bit, I know they've started them a little bit. Who's the one ideal opponent right now for me, for the Tigers? Uh-huh. Brandon. They match up really well against the Wheat Kings. They do, I know. And I, I, I kind of thought the, that the problem too. is I don't want that because I want you guys on the road with us. Yeah, we did the look. It's an eight and a half hour trip uh, to go straight you know, to Brandon. If, I don't know. If, if Wild gives you the fuel card, would you go? <laughs> yeah, well, I'd be more inclined to. Sure, be more inclined to. We'll see. Maybe we could tow you. Yeah, we could yeah, tow right? the truck behind just the bus. Throw me in neutral, and uh, <laughs> and we'll just roll behind you. Surely that's not a hazard at all. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. That's a great matchup for them. It would be an interesting one. First round, probably not going to happen the way things are starting yeah. to shake up, right? Um, Unless they slide, right? Which is possible. Uh, which is possible. But no team, it feels like, in the Eastern Conference really wants to grab a hold of this thing right now other than uh, Saskatoon and Moose Jaw, who have been playing really well. Other oh, than that. Saskatoon's only loss since the deadline is the Tigers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, They've won nine of their last ten. The Blades have won nine of their last ten. And then I would like to see when Moose Jaw plays. They must play fives. the Blades again here pretty quick. Sorry, that's the yeah, only last schedule. Do. Last schedule. Yeah, they probably do. They probably they must do, have a home at home coming up or something. That would be fun to see. It'll be interesting times with uh, with just a handful of games to go in the Western Hockey League regular season as uh, the Tigers take it on the Prince Albert Raiders at home Friday at home against Saskatoon on Saturday. Uh, we'll step out quick and we'll kind of put this one to bed and get you set for uh, what's going to be a big weekend over at Co-op Place. This is Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Ply with the experts you need to know. Jesse and Lance are unleashing the beast. Hey, maybe keep that beast on a leash. More Tigers Uncaged coming up, powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Contractors, choose Windsor Plywood. Do-it-yourselfers, choose Windsor Plywood. And people who think, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but these can help me, they choose Windsor Plywood too. With over 50 years experience, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for finishing, building, and renovation projects. With fast delivery, great selection, and helpful service, it's no wonder more people choose Windsor Plywood. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Putting a bow on episode 20. Man, the 20th time we've dropped the Tigers Uncaged all over your heads. And thank you for subscribing and listening and being a part of it each and every week. We really do appreciate it. I can say that on behalf of Jesse and Gino DiPaoli for that matter. Uh, we all really, really do appreciate just uh, how much y'all interact with this each week and come back to it 
I don't know why you do. Nothing better to do, I guess, right? No, I'm just kidding. But I appreciate it, truly. Uh, we all do. And, man, Gino, spitting hot fire on this week's podcast, hey? No one's safe. <laughs> no one's safe this week. Uh, but, man, we'll see what, uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of eyes on on Gavin McKenna. There always have been. That will only continue with a handful of games to go in the regular season, trying to uh, now stay up top the rookie scoring race in the Western Hockey League. Did see on Tigers in two on the uh, Tigers social media that he's on pace for 100 points. We'll see if he gets there. I mean, this is already a massive success of a season in my eyes for the youngest player in the league that has really turned a corner since the uh, Christmas break. And he was playing well before then. He was over a point per game before the holiday break came through and uh, now has really stepped it up to a whole nother level. Over two points per game since Christmas, all in the absence of Caden Lindstrom. Whenever Lindstrom returns, it will be a great day. And it's not that the Tigers haven't played well without Caden Lindstrom, but you just add another high-level finisher to this group who's a center. That's been a point of emphasis, especially on Tigers broadcasts at home anyways. We've had a lot of conversations during the games about how important it is winning face-offs, how those face-off numbers were amplified, what, a month or so ago against the Red Deer Rebels, and adding a guy like Lindstrom back into the fold, not only what he does to, to finish plays off and scoring, but just to get him back in the dot, man. That'd be huge. That would be huge. And uh, so hopefully he's able to get back sooner than later, lengthen the lineup out a little bit. And Braden Bame sighting. Again, just to stop down on that, that is such good news. I mean, when we had Braden Bame on the podcast earlier this year, there was some uncertainty on, on how severe his injury was, what the future steps are going to be. And, and there was just a lot of uncertainty surrounding that moment. And within all of that, Braden did agree and came on the podcast and shot the breeze. Um, he didn't have to do that considering everything that was going on. And he said, yeah, and he made time for us. So I uh, really appreciate him. And I'm excited for him, man. It, it's, it, he was also mentioned in the Tigers in two up on the Tigers uh, socials. He, he didn't necessarily lead into like I was in the last segment hoping to maybe somehow that slight optimism to see him at the end of the year or in playoffs, something like that. It didn't seem all that likely based off of his comments in Tigers and two, but just the fact that he's on the ice, he's in the, in the city again, um, being around the guys, that's a big lift in and of itself. And let's not forget. He was a tough player to replace. Like he was nearly a point per game before he went out with injury. I think it was six or uh, 12 points in around 16 games is what he ended up being at. It was 10 and 12, excuse me, 10 points in 12 games before departing with injury. And we haven't seen him again this year, but he was off to a great start. The one thing I will say, Braden Bame, each and every year, comes into training camp and wins strength testing. He is the strongest pound for pound on the Tigers. He always does well in all those I don't want to call them events, but for lack of a better term off the top of my head, we'll call them events. But all the strength drills that are done during spring training, he he's always at the top. And so if there's one person that might be able to rehab a little bit quicker, that, that's going to put the work in, I can guarantee you that, to be at uh, peak physical shape, it's Brain Bame. So 
in any case, just wanted to pass along uh, best wishes to him. Great to uh, have him back in town. Hopefully going to be able to see Braden on the weekend. But, man, I'm excited. Prince Albert and Saskatoon, a couple teams that uh, beat the Tigers when they were last out in Saskatchewan. Redemption on the minds for the Tabbies. Goaltending has been good. Would like to see that continue, right? And there's no reason to think it won't. Both Ethan McCallum and Zach Sahara have been, I, I dare I say, great. Kind of had that hitch in my giddy-up. You heard it. I was going to call them good, and I felt like that's underselling them a little bit. They have been great, truly, for this uh, Tigers club, and they're going to have to continue to be great with just a handful of games left in the regular season and the Red Deer Rebels trying to close that gap for top spot in the Central Division. Man, we are going to only have more and more fun with this podcast as we wrap up the regular season. But thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. If you like what you heard today, even if you didn't, how about this? Uh, Send it to somebody. And say, hey, listen to these dummies. We'll take it. They, they might end up liking us. Maybe it's endearing. But uh, if nothing else, if you could subscribe to Tigers on Cage on your favorite podcast platform, we would greatly and genuinely appreciate that to help spread the word about what we're trying to do here with Tigers on Cage across the Western Hockey League. We will be back next week. Enjoy the uh, weekend of Tigers hockey and go Tigers go. Thanks to all who contributed to this edition of Tigers Uncaged. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. New episodes come out every Friday. Get it at wild945.ca and wherever you get your podcasts. Tigers Uncaged!